is from Chaos to Peace with Connie, episode number 31, Juggling Multiple Roles in a Three-Generation Household with Lisa Savrotny. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing? This is episode number 31 of the From Chaos to Peace podcast, where you learn how a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. I'm your host, Connie Graf. Thank you so much for allowing me back into your ears. Today, I welcome Lisa Savrotny to the show. And Lisa had a deeply overwhelming time in her life, juggling multiple roles as a caregiver of her mother, who suffered from Alzheimer's, a wife, a mother of two, and a business owner. And now, because of it, she is a certified stress management coach, as well as a professional organizer and productivity coach. (laughs) Without further ado, let's jump into this special conversation with Lisa, where we explore how to let go of items that belonged to loved ones who are not with us anymore. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you, Connie. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to have you because you are a professional organizer and productivity coach. I can't even say it. (laughs) (laughs) And you said you became a professional organizer when you were overwhelmed and you were juggling with different roles in your life. Um, So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it it was uh, an inspiration from something that I had to go through personally, and that's how I came to help others today. It actually started when I was a caregiver for my mom, and I had... I was actually pregnant with my son at the time that I moved my mom into our home to take care of her. And then I was pregnant with my daughter subsequently. And through that time, my mom had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I cared for her in this very unusual and a sort of extreme sandwich caregiver situation. So I had baby, toddler, and mom who was just progressing, um, getting worse and worse with this disease and trying to care for all of them and not just care for them, but I realized that it was very important to me to do as much as I could for them in in very much the same way, um, helping them all be socialized and to be able to, you know, have fun and to, to see people and to... I don't know, just live a really good life. I wanted my mom to have her golden years the best she could, whatever was going on with her mind. And I wanted my children to thrive. And that left very little uh, left for me uh, to take care of myself. It left very little to attend to most of the things in our home. You know, uh, there was a lot that basically piled up during that time of survival mode. Yeah, I can totally understand that because I'm thinking already just taking care of a loved one who has Alzheimer's or goes towards Alzheimer's, I have some experience with that, is overwhelming on its own. And then you have two children, which um, you want to be the best mom for. And then even me as a clutter clearing coach can say, yeah, of course, the house comes last and everything is going to pile up. Right. Unless you're superhuman, which in one way, it sounds like you are because um, I think it's crazy. So 
one thing that I always like to do is focus on the positive. So one mm -hmm. thing that comes to my mind that could be positive within all this chaos and overwhelm is that your children had their grandmother and your grandmother, because she was able to be in your home rather than in a care home, she had the family and she had the children too. So was there some positive moments that you could see in this whole overwhelm that made you want to continue because you could have also decided to give up no on on this whole thing yeah i think that's a oh, i think that's a wonderful reflection that happens to really uh dovetail nicely with my whole attitude in general and even you know the nature of my business of finding finding the positive and finding the good and finding the opportunity. Of course, the biggest good that I see from it is that this experience uh, led me to where I am today. But I like your question of what was good in the moment. Well, you know, part of my upbringing, you know, my mom came from Germany. She was a really hard worker. She was a caregiver to everyone else. And she modeled that for me. So I knew that I wanted to care for her the best that I could. And I happen to agree that I love the potential for multi-generational families and living together. And of course there was some good interaction. Yes, at some point, fairly early on, she wasn't able to care for them like most grandmothers could. It was more of a, when you have like an older sibling and you have to set them on the couch and put a pillow there and then you have them hold the baby and you, you watch them and stuff like that. But I had, I had always thought, I think the one thing that I came back to was that it's never a bad thing to have more people around you who love you. And that goes for her, it went for me, it was for my children as well. So the fact that we loved each other and even when she didn't quite know who we were, I feel like she could still sense that love. So to me, that was like the big positive. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I like, even if she doesn't know who you are, she knows there's people around you that love you. I'm pretty sure of that, that they mm -hmm. feel that on the inside. The, and the soul knows it, you know, like whether or not the brain knows it, I'm sure the soul knows it. And I, and that's kind of what I wanted to get at, because I feel like what, what often happens, which is sad, but understandable is that people get put into care homes and then they're not having this personal interaction they're not having like their grandchildren close by maybe you even would feel like uh, I can't do this to my child to see grandma like this and I feel like it's more natural to have everything together that's how it used to be mm -hmm. so I think it's really beautiful that that you were able to do that but now talk a little bit I mean that must have been crazy because you basically had three children at home Yep, four if you yeah. count my husband. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you know, it depends. It depends. I hope he was not a child and helped you no, out. As no, no. I, 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 mean, I, I know yeah. what you mean. Yes. We're joking sometimes. There yeah. is a, yeah, And many one. times I think he feels like he has another child with me, so it's fine. Uh, but in all seriousness, yes, it, it was very much like having three children, except the challenge, of course, with her is I wanted to make sure that she had dignity, you know, kept her dignity. I know that's very important. And that's actually one of the, the tendencies. I don't know if it's just with Alzheimer's, but I think in general, we all want to keep our dignity with whatever we're doing. So it was a challenge to be able to set up 
each day and the things that we were doing, where we were going, you know, how we would interact in a way that would feel like a team effort and not simply me being, you know, the, the drill sergeant, but yeah, it just did require bossy, boss yeah. them around, you know, yeah. what, which could happen because out of the overwhelm and you're wanting to do something, you could basically boss them around and, and yeah, that, I, I imagine that was a hard, so I imagine you had some chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you, you get. So what was the point where you feel like, was there a moment where you feel like, okay, it started to change and you were able to create some peace in the chaos or some order in the chaos? Or was that after uh, your mom passed or how did this happen? I think there were stages. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you and I had talked before and had this really great conversation about our perspectives on on organizing and and productivity in our lives and our tendencies, uh, you know, you had said you were born this way. This is just your, your inclination, right? And I think that I had some of that in me. There was always this nature of, of being organized or wanting and seeking structure. And so I know that I did that in order to maintain everything. I had notebooks, very dedicated notebooks for my children and for my mother, keeping track of, you know, doctor's appointments and, and, you know, general health and, and everything that was going on. So I, in many ways, there was a lot of organizing going on for how we structured our days and how we lived and what we needed to do and what the the greater priorities were where it lacked was in some of the maintenance things that happen in the house like putting away laundry or or paperwork was especially a big one and you know that was exacerbated by the fact that uh, when I moved my mom in, she had had a family business so I not only brought her and her stuff but also the paperwork but there were there were moments there were moments too when i was able to find a way to delegate uh, so that was a huge tip that i always suggest if there's some way you can ask for help i didn't have as much as they would have liked and i'd love for people who are now in my situation to have more than i did but i sought out support and support groups and looked to the office for the aging for help and there were some opportunities throughout that time where I was able to essentially let her go to what was like a senior daycare for a few hours a day, you know, things like that. There were these moments or or pockets in time to help me with catching up. The challenge, of course, being that those were also the times that I would have been best suited for some self-care, but, uh, you know, you do the best you can. I would say that taking stock of it all and really coming out of it was after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine, imagine, even though you would probably have welcomed some more organization in, in, but there's just, even as, as um, organized as you sound and I am, I'm pretty sure I would have been just as chaotic or the house would have just been as chaotic because there's just times in life when you have to have priorities. Like I I talk a lot about priorities and align your home and your life with your priorities. And when the priority is a human being, then the stuff can just wait. Right. Right. I mean, some of the lessons that I learned is that if we had fewer things, if I had taken the things that I know now and 
understood more of what was important and used those priorities and values to reduce what we had, I would have had to manage less and, and less would have piled up. So that's a big life lesson for me and something that I, I hope to share and inspire people with mm -hmm. now. However, as you said, there are going to simply be some times in our, our life where huge transitions that are going to bring the chaos with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I totally agree. So less things are less overwhelming. It's just like with a lot of things, we sometimes need some crazy situation before we learn to change. And we hear other people talk about, oh yeah, less things would help you. But mm -hmm. until we having this situation, it's, it's kind of hard to do. Yeah, until you're in it, it can be a challenge. But I'm hoping that by sharing the story, yes. it can be that that bit of inspiration to say, hmm, let me look around and see if there are some things that I, I simply don't need. You know, thinking too of any situation, I mean, we've been in it uh, throughout the world right now. We're recording during the time where COVID-19 is impacting us all. And, you know, to kind of say, well, if things were to drastically shift, if there was a big life event how would I fare? Do I know where things are? Can I get to them? You know, yeah. and, and so I, I realize, of course, I had to learn the big life lesson, but. <laughs> yeah. So one message that I often say is, is like, um, as you know, your mother couldn't do it because you said she got Alzheimer's, but if you're still healthy, I feel like, and you have children, I feel like it's the motherly or the parental thing to do to kind of, get organized or decluttered to a degree be, so that you don't overwhelm your children when when they have to take care of it and it's not always possible but it's one thing how you can show your love for your children by not overwhelming them I feel with with the stuff yeah which of I course can be hard because you're going towards you're, you you have to become aware that you're going towards a point in your life where you're not here anymore. And that is really hard. That's right. Or at the very least, you're anticipating a point where you might have to move or, you know, some kind of shift has to take place that you're not necessarily looking to happen right now, but you're anticipating it. Yeah. And yeah. while you were talking about what we can do, you know, on behalf of our children, my mind also went to how, I model for them even at this young age. I modeled for them in terms of the the changes that we made and the drastic downsizing that we went through actually multiple times over. Once after uh, I was finished caring for my mom after she had passed and then another time we actually moved a year ago. And I I think it's an incredible experience for them to question our need for things physically and and also ways in which a simpler life is can be such a better life you know and i, I think so it's a wonderful your, way yeah so did your children tell you anything that they appreciate now more about the simpler life i think sometimes they don't say it directly although my son sometimes will say like he likes when his room is in order and it's just easier for him we but we talk more about the the moments and the activities such as well look at how quickly you cleaned up your room and 
Mm-hmm. That happens when mm-hmm. everything's in order and when you don't have as much to clean. The other way that I have seen the benefit is not by them directly saying something. Children won't always be direct with you, but if you look for the signs, actually this is for anyone. I say children, but I can see it in adults too. When we, we just don't act as frustrated and mm-hmm. anxious, you know, when there's a much more calm kind of uh, feel about a person and you can tell when you're interacting with them. I also see it too in how their creativity bumps up when they have, and this is, we're talking a physical space, but I think a physical space lends itself to a very calm mental space. And I can see where they have the ability to, you know, work on a new project or or something changes in them in terms of how they're creating. I can see that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I always say mm-hmm. as within, so without, so, and, and mm-hmm. vice versa. So uh, oftentimes too, and, and that's kind of what I experienced is when you're overwhelmed or when you're frustrated actually going and decluttering or organizing something will help you put your thoughts in the right order too you know and or then sometimes you need to put your thoughts first in the right order before you can go and do something out in the physical world so it has a has it goes both ways and i was thinking too is like maybe they realize too that experiences and and spending time together can be um so much more fun than just buying more stuff that you then have to kind of take care of and all that. I, I think even as children, I think we see that. And like you said, you you role model that for them and they may not know it right now as children, but later on they will for sure um, benefit from that. Yeah. And of course, we have the benefit of me constantly talking about this because of what I do and what I coach. So it's this ongoing conversation. But it really is interesting to hear their perspective. And you're right. There's this constant conversation that we have where they may not realize how good it is for them, but they can see the the benefit and the comparison simply by saying, well, we've downsized and we've released so much of what we didn't need. And now look what we can do. Look what we get to do. Look what we can afford to do. And that change, that flexibility and that freedom, those are all things that are are very exciting. And I think that they can start to make the connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought that happened. So talk a little bit how that all happened then with your business. So your your mom passed. I'm really mm-hmm. sorry about that. But Thank that's you. um so then she passed and then eventually you started your business. So how did that go? That probably was not one day this and the next day the other. It was a that's right. It, well it was a process and I'm glad you asked because I think there's another really good life lesson in there or there's so many that were in there, but this one in particular was this concept that sort of embodies, it's like a mantra that I have now, you know, when uh, there's a phrase, it's an unknown quote, like when life isn't adding up, it's time to subtract. And when my mom passed away, it was very, was very different situation because the first thing I felt was relief, but then I felt guilt after the relief because there had been so much pressure and it took a while to grieve. But the the gut response that I had almost immediately was, well, now what do I need to do? How do I need to fill up this time? Do I need to get a job? How do I support my family? And I was kind of like in this 
you know, kind of like spinning mode of trying to figure out what to do. And thankfully, in that moment, I, I, I looked around and I said, I need to stop. I need to stop and I need to clear a path. And so by clearing a path, that was that was the path that led me to what I do now because the first thing I did was say, okay, what don't we need? What needs to be, you know, actually physically cleared up? How about me? What do I need now? I need to get back to a doctor. I need to take care of myself. I need a break. I need, you know, things that nourish me and fill me up. So I, I, I talk about it like decluttering myself inside and out or my, my home and, and, and myself inside and bringing back self-care that I'd really let go. And, and we love to look at that as something that, oh, that's optional, but it's simply not. And so I, and I, I, I read books, listened to thought leaders, embraced gratitude. I, I tried all these things and I, I really just filled my bucket back up and cleared the space in our home and shifted everything on my family a bit. And it was a bit rocky as they got used to it, but then they could see the results and I could feel the difference. And as I went along that path and saw what an effect it had, not only on me, but my family, I, I immediately said, okay. Now it's time to help other people do that. And it started with sharing my ideas. And then it started with, okay, it's time to help people declutter. So I went in as a professional organizer on site and started to help people release what didn't serve and make space and, and set things up in a way that would create calm and help them function. And yeah, and, and, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> Yeah, but I do, I do feel like literally, I always say decluttering is self-love because mm. you're, like you just said, you're cleaning up your inside by actually being mindful about the things you have around you. And at the same time, you make your life easier. And, yes. and you know, in self-love and self-care, it's not just bubble baths, and <laughs> champagne and whatever. It's actually the little tiny things every day. And if you can make your life every day a little bit easier because you have certain things either in the right spot or gotten rid of it, um, it's a huge component of, of um, self-care. And I'm thinking too it probably helped you with grieving too because like clutter and grief is is uh, is a, like like black and white it kind of goes together um so yeah it's totally beautiful that you now can your share your experience with people you come from a different place because you actually walked it and you had to yeah. So what is your number one tip for somebody? Because I get asked that a lot and I have lost people. So I can always give my perspective, but I want to hear your perspective. How do you get rid of things of a beloved one who passed? Most people have so much trouble because they feel like they're disrespecting their mother or their loved one by giving the stuff away. What do you say to that? Yeah, that's such a good question. The first thing I would say is if you're not ready, don't do it, actually. That's what I would say. Because part of our grief process is allowing our heart to open again as we're going through it and allowing that pain. But I truly believe it's also part of the healing process. It's like reopening a wound and then it can heal more cleanly in a way. Uh, and so given that, I would say go in stages, take your time, 
start with things that are, and this is for, I think, any kind of decluttering. I'm, I would imagine you'd agree with me, you know, to, to pick out something where you're like, okay, can handle that now. Frequently, people will start with something like clothing. Now, that's not to say if there's a special hat or a special jacket or something that really connects to you, different story. I just mean in general. There are probably, you know, a, a, a good percentage of the clothing that you could uh, allow to be released. And each time you do it, know that you're going to go through this process, that there's no timeline for grieving, that there's no timeline for, for decluttering. Uh, the other thing, I know you asked for like one thing, I guess the one thing is take your time. But, um, but some of the pieces of that are, let it be meaningful to you and know that it's your process. And it's different for everyone. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I, it's, it's really hard, but I think it helps grieving. Actually, I actually really feel like because mm -hmm. it, it's hard to grieve is so hard, but if you actually face it in little chunks and you start, yeah, I always start, I always say start with the least emotional. So whatever mm -hmm. you have around this person, there's stuff that is more emotionally charged and stuff that is less and just start with the less emotionally charged things and um and work your way up and yeah there is no time frame and there is no i always say like i never tell you to get rid of anything it's mm -hmm. really totally up to you only you know when you're ready that's right um and when you can do it yeah and if you can find uh, one thing that helped me too and uh, just from a, a a practical side of it is when i say when you can bless someone else so if it was something that i wasn't sure that i i wanted to let go of but someone else needed it that made it a lot easier yeah yeah i i totally can see that uh, that's also my experience with working with clients when you can tell them somebody could really use it would your mother or your your father or whoever passed would be so happy to know that somebody else um can really use her thing and loves it now too you know so yeah right. And one additional thing that you mentioned that I wanted to touch upon because it's, I think, the crux of why this is difficult is when we connect objects, and we're, so we're specifically talking about decluttering physically, when we connect objects to people, hmm. that is when I think that we struggle the most. And so I would remind you that those objects are not those people. It's the memories of them. So whatever you can do to capture a memory, sometimes it's as simple as taking a photo of it or telling a story or maybe sharing it with someone. And so when you work with maybe an organizer like Connie or me, or you have friends who are helping you, if you share that story, that's how you, you keep them alive in your hearts and you make that connection. It's not the object, but it's the connection. Yeah, and I totally agree. And I also feel like um, it doesn't, um, so even if you do still have kind of a connection to the object, if you have it just stored away in a box somewhere, it's not like, it, how does it serve you? So all the things that I have from my mom, from my dad, from my favorite aunt that died are actually out in the open. Yes. And I see them and they are with me. So I mm -hmm. kind of feel like they're still with me. So I have nothing in boxes anywhere. And if you can get to that point, and that's not something you get there overnight. That's totally, but I feel 
then it's good or it could be good if you associate an item with with a loved one because mm -hmm. it actually reminds you of the good times or it reminds you of that person I also I like one of my favorite things I have from my grandmother is her pot a cooking pot it's like mm -hmm. a where she always cooked her meals in and now I'm cooking my meals in for the last she past 25 years ago so for the last 25 years this pot like if anything if my house were burned down I would go get that pot like it sounds silly but that pot is my grandmother and I feel you can turn it all when you do the process you can turn it into something beautiful and I, I yeah absolutely so yeah, and so that's what you're describing is being very selective and finding something that connects to the legacy and that you're using and that you're honoring. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I have one of those like enameled cast iron pots from my mom too, a beautiful yeah. um, oval, uh, super heavy, man. Do not drop that thing on your foot. <laughs> and I love baking bread in it. And it's just, you know, it, it, yeah, those are, those are the kinds of things that you want to be able to do when you're selective. And that's the other decluttering trick too is when you have a collection of something it doesn't always have to be the whole collection it can be a few items that you can use or display and really and, and then they also become a conversation piece like you were able to share that that story with us which i love yeah, you know? yeah exactly so. yeah so um tell us a little bit where people can find you where are you hanging out online <laughs> what's your website Oh, I would, I would love to have everyone come find me online. The easiest place to find me and where I hang out everywhere else is to come to my website, PositivelyProductive.com. Also, if you have a podcast listener, I've got one of my own, Positively Living, and that's on all the different platforms as well. And yeah. uh, those are, you can find me on, on Facebook and Instagram as well, Positively Productive on Facebook or Positively underscore Living on Instagram. I'd love for you to say hi. Yeah, beautiful. I will put all the links in the show notes so people can find it really easily. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you are a productivity coach too. So we're probably going to do a second edition <laughs> in the future sometime where we talk a little bit more about productivity. But I really yes. feel like this was an important topic to talk about. So that's what we kept it at today at um, decluttering um, with grief and three generation household. Any last wisdom or tips you want to share with the listeners? I think I'll share my favorite quote, or it may be a paraphrase if I get the words a little bit off, but from Sophia Bush, which is that you're allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time simultaneously so keep in mind whatever you're going through whatever you're doing whatever you want to change that you're amazing the way you are celebrate that celebrate the progress you're making and celebrate where you plan to go as well oh i love that i love quotes so that <laughs> i will have to go look that one up that's a beautiful one yeah. yes thanks. thank you so much lisa for being on my podcast for sharing your journey and your wisdom with us Thank you, Connie. It was my pleasure. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Okay, my friends, that was my conversation with Lisa Savrotny. I just loved that quote from Sophie Bush that she mentioned. You are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. So beautiful. If you want to find out more about Lisa and her positively productive systems, you'll find all the links of the things we were talking about in the show notes and the show notes you find as always at conigraph.com forward slash podcast forward slash 31. 
that is conigraph, C-O-N-N-Y, G-R-A-F, dot com, forward slash podcast, forward slash 31. Thank you for joining us on this special episode today and listening all the way to the end. If you found value in what Lisa and I were talking about, please share it with your family and friends, because if you found value in it, they will too. Thanks again and have a beautiful and amazing week. And please subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you next time. Take good care.